In a recent pair of episodes, I discussed the concept and process of moving from calorie counting to using body signals to guide your eating. The three types of interoception I encourage people to pay attention to are their hunger signals, satiety signals, and emotions. Today, I want to dig in a bit deeper into a specific emotional topic that I know presents a very frequent and familiar challenge for most of my clients. And I'd presume it presents a challenge for most of my listeners as well. Heck, it sure gives me an uphill battle much of the time. I want to talk about desire, or the emotional experience of wanting something. Specifically, wanting to eat or wanting a particular food may be the number one reason people give for eating, even if their body physically isn't requiring food. Now, to steal my own thunder, I'm going to let you know right from the start, this episode is not going in one of two painfully oversimplified directions. I'm not going to take the stance that you should give yourself every single thing you desire just because you desire it. And I'm definitely not creating this episode so I can give you a handful of ways to overcome your desires, resist your wants. What I'm going to talk about is how we can recognize our desires around food clearly, not confusing them with needs or imperatives, and how we can approach responding to our desires in a balanced way, a kind of sharing of power that promotes our overall health and happiness. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. Just a quick heads up for anybody who has been asking about the Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching program. Mary Claire and I would love to work with you personally if you could use a hand. We are going to start taking signups for our next coaching group on April 1st, 2022. Fire me an email if you want me to send you a heads up, a reminder of when we start taking signups. You can drop me a line at georgiefear at gmail.com to express your interest. With that, let's get on to this topic because it is a good one. How do you know you desire something? Well, if it's a person you're feeling desire for, whether it's sexual desire or just wanting to spend time near them or simply know them more, you might be thinking about them for a large portion of your day. You may check your phone really often, like, oh, did they call? Did they text? You might feel energized and excited if you see their car pull up outside your house or their phone number pop up on your cell phone screen. This tug of war between longing for someone, anticipating time with them, and the reward of getting it is one of the reasons falling in love can be such a dramatic, exciting, and distracting time. The more we desire something, the more rewarding it feels to get some of it. When it comes to food, desire can truly heighten the experience of eating. I think about when I've built up a solid hunger and I'm thinking ahead to the tasty meal I'm ready to enjoy. Or a hot day when I'm so thirsty I can't wait to get inside and drink a giant cold glass of something. The pleasure we get from satisfying a desire is part of the motivational loop that keeps us living. We desire things, so we hunt them down or work at them. And our longing is what keeps us in motion, pursuing things that are meaningful and pleasurable. If we had no desires, we would be listless, bored, unstirring. Feeling a lack of desire or reward can be a symptom of depression, one that markedly decreases someone's quality of life. But wanting something 
isn't always a positive experience. It can be downright painful to long for something and accept the fact that we don't have it or that it doesn't even exist. So the first point that I want to make, jot this down if you're taking notes, is wanting things is part of being human. It's neither good nor bad. Desire can motivate us, give us information, and just plain make life more interesting and colorful. Like other emotions, I encourage you to accept your wanting for things and try your best not to judge it. If you're craving a particular food, feeling jealous of your friend's new car, or you want to lay in bed instead of getting up and going to the gym, these are all totally okay. None of these make a person undesirable or inferior. Wanting's not a bad thing. Wanting to eat cookies or ice cream or potato chips is a perfectly normal thing to do, because these are highly pleasurable to most people. It's normal to want things, including really tasty food. Problems can arise when people ignore or deny desires. Trying to convince ourselves that we don't want to eat something can lead to resentment, passive-aggressive behavior, self-sabotaging actions, or impulsive behavior, including impulsive eating. To illustrate, imagine that Francine goes out for lunch, and because it's a cold, blustery day, she really wants something hot, like a soup or a grilled sandwich. But Francine is in the practice of ignoring that. She doesn't even look at the full menu. She only lets herself order one of two salad options. The problem Francine and people like her, who ignore their desires routinely, run into is that ignoring her desires creates a tension deep inside. It causes a person to feel resentful, irritable, and often entitled. And these emotions typically don't surface right at that moment, so her lunch experience may feel totally normal to her, but later on, such as when she's alone, she might notice that she's compulsively eating slice after slice of bread. Or we'll see somebody else eating the thing that we're desiring and spontaneously we'll feel angry or jealous of them. Accepting our wants isn't easy, but trying to identify and accept the things you want can go a long, long way toward reducing inner turmoil and struggle. Similarly, problems also arise when a person feels enslaved by their wants and they don't have the skill or aren't well practiced in challenging their wants. This creates an experience where wanting something feels akin to a command, that there's no discussion, no resistance, and if the person wants something, it feels like a foregone conclusion that they take it. This is highly distressing because we can't control our wants. Feeling like we have to obey or act on our desires every time is akin to being slave to a master who's not looking out for your well-being, who just forces you to do things that cause you mental and physical anguish. To imagine what this can sound like, imagine Claire saying, well, I wanted ice cream after dinner, so I ate it. But then I wanted something salty, so I had a handful of Cheez-Its. But then I wanted more Cheez-Its, so I got another bowl of them. And oh, I was really full by then, but I wanted chocolate, so I ate some of that too. From the client's perspective, an episode like this can seem like the wanting is the problem. Like, why do I want to eat more when I have already eaten a lot? But when I'm coaching someone and they tell me a story like this, I don't hear a wanting problem. 
I see a non-resistance problem. Letting her wants run the show completely unchecked, Claire is getting the short end of the stick. She's getting stuck with stomach aches, weight gain, and worsening diabetes. And so what I want for Claire is to help her feel that want, but handle it differently than automatically obeying it. So Francine's error is ignoring what she wants. Claire's error is doing whatever the wants say. The better approach for people like both of these hypothetical clients would be to accept on Francine's end, okay, I want something hot to eat today. Maybe they have a soup or a grilled sandwich I could look at. Or for Claire to accept, okay, I already ate a meal and ice cream and now I feel like I want Cheez-Its. We are accepting reality as it is. No judging or blaming, simply acknowledging. Here's the actual state of affairs. I'm noticing I want X. That doesn't mean that Francine has to order a soup or a hot sandwich just because she acknowledges that she wants it in that moment. And it also doesn't mean that Claire has to start in on the box of Cheez-Its. But being open and accepting what they want in this moment will allow these women to think it over and select their action from many options. We've reintroduced the freedom of choice. Another point that I think is really helpful to highlight is you can and will have multiple simultaneous desires. And often, these wants will conflict or compete with each other. Trouble can arise if we only focus on one of our wants and we forget about the others. For example, if I see something I'd like to purchase and I think, oh, I want that, it behooves me to also remember I want to make sure I have the funds to cover my rent this month and that I want to be able to get the normal groceries I buy each week. In the context of emotional eating, selectively seeing a certain want over the others often presents itself as, I want to eat this, or I want to eat, period. But good decision-making requires that we also remember the other things that we also want. The other wants may include a healthier body, lower blood sugar, to not have reflux at night when you're trying to sleep, to not have a stomach ache, or to feel proud of themselves. So if you notice that you're currently fighting a want, trying to resist something but feeling like it's so hard because you want it, the tension may decrease if you realize that you're resisting for a good reason, because you have other wants that are also important to you. It may help you see the situation as a win-win, that there are multiple things I want, and I can choose which one I want to accept right now. I might desire cake for breakfast because, hey, it would be tasty, too. It's already made, it's right there on the counter. But I also want to not have a sugar crash in my 10 a.m. meeting. If I see my actions as doing what I want in terms of I want to have good energy throughout the morning, that could help me turn away the cake without harboring resentment because I, quote, didn't get what I wanted. Another trap that I would like to help you avoid falling into is identifying our desire for one specific thing, this target of our desire, when that specific thing is only a symbol or a proxy for something else. This is super common among people who want to change their appearance. Physically looking different is largely a proxy for something more intangible. 
The differently shaped body or smoother skin is a concrete thing that we can lust after and pursue and even save up money for, much to the profit of the beauty industry. But the actual desire, the big thing, is that we want an emotional experience of feeling beautiful, feeling valuable, or even just acceptable. Another exceedingly common example of this would be feeling a desire for comfort or fun, but interpreting that out of habit into a more specific want. I want chocolate. I want chips. I want wine. Relaxation is an experience that is highly desirable, but often oversimplified as a desire for a particular food or drink. These foods may contribute to fun or relaxing rituals or times, but it's not the same thing. It's certainly possible to enjoy yourself or unwind with different foods or without food being part of the picture at all. And it's certainly possible to enjoy these foods and not unwind because, say, your house is burning down around you. If we pause for a moment and we think about why we use symbols, it's because they're easier. They're simpler. If I don't want to write out my full name, Georgie Elizabeth Fear, I can use a symbol, like my initials. It's a lot smaller, many fewer squiggly lines. And if somebody texts me and they're like, hey, how are you feeling after your race last week? I could tell them about my excitement, my pride, how I was so surprised by some things. Or I could take the easy route and use a symbol, smiley emoji, thumbs up emoji, and I'm done. It's much less effort to not actually give them the entire story. Just the same. I know as well as anyone, it's much easier to acquire a bag of chocolate chips than it is to acquire the experience of feeling valuable. I know, I need $3.99 and a trip to the grocery store. Boom, I've got chocolate chips in 10 minutes flat. But creating a feeling of being valuable? Oh, God, that's harder. That probably requires honest reflection. It might require communicating with other people about what I would like from them, such as reassurance or more appreciation. No wonder people in a similar situation opt to go get chocolate chips. The symbol is more convenient, simple, time-saving, and concrete than the fully detailed, rich idea. However, if we use symbols all the time, we never get to know the whole beautiful picture. If I only ever scribbled my initials on things, nobody would know my whole name. If I only ever communicated with emojis... Nobody would really get to know how enthusiastic and heartfelt and, yes, wordy I can be. But that's the full picture of me. And I'd like to think there's something valuable in many cases to choosing the fully complex, detailed, original version instead of the simpler symbol. Maybe the thing we can get for $3.99. So if you ever stop to ask yourself, could this food I'm craving be a symbol of something? If so, what might that be? I applaud you. Yes, even if you just ask and you don't find any answers, just asking is a brave step. It helps you know yourself more and express self-care to have some curiosity about what you are actually wanting. And speaking of knowing ourselves, another really valuable piece of self-knowledge to keep in mind is we humans tend to exaggerate our expectations. Specifically, we overestimate how good it will feel to get something we desire, and we also overestimate how painful it will be to not get a thing we desire. Basically, we tend toward being drama queens when it comes to predicting our own emotional experiences. Reality tends to fall somewhere in the middle. 
this can be really useful if we're weighing the outcomes of fulfilling or not fulfilling a particular desire. As it pertains to food and emotional eating, I see this in living color when my clients describe their fears of what they'll experience if they don't say yes at a particular opportunity to eat a tempting food. I've heard people say they worry they'll feel left out, that they'll be sad and regretful. The drive to avoid those unpleasant emotional states can result to saying yes more times than fits with somebody's long-term goals. And the drive to avoid those unpleasant states can land someone in a situation where they're physically uncomfortable because they said yes to too many tempting foods. But when my clients tell me about the actual experiences of when they did forego attempting food, it's never actually that bad. No one has said to me, you know, Georgie, I really regret not having a second slice of pie. And I don't hear people say, man, I wish I had just kept eating when I was full. Instead, they usually say, sometimes with a bit of surprise, you know, I forgot all about it in a number of minutes. So to recap some of the key points from this episode. Wanting things is part of being human. There's nothing wrong with wanting something. It's just a feeling. Ignoring or denying that our desires exist causes problems, as does allowing them to run our actions completely unchecked. A healthy balance is to accept it when we feel we want something, not to see it as a problem, but as an opportunity to weigh out our options and choose our action. Remember, you simultaneously will want many things in life. So if your brain focuses on one target of desire at any given moment, try not to forget all the others. Also, try to notice if the specific object of your desire represents something greater. One adage I find helpful is, if you have no interest in eating a slice of cake, but you only want to eat an entire cake, it's not cake that you are after. Lastly, when it comes to not having something that you want, or at least not getting it right away, it's rarely, if ever, as unpleasant as our flawed human brains predict it will be. We really tend to be just fine if we don't get something even though we want it. We are a resilient bunch. Big love to all of you listening. Keep taking good care of yourself. I'm Georgie Fear. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>